0: But when you do it, like anything in life, and I think about Bruce's music, when you do something to do it, I I don't overanalyze. I've never overanalyzed. I know, I guess Bruce has thought a lot more maybe than I do about life. I've been very fortunate. Good things have happened. I run a charity. I do a lot of charity. And I always find the better, a bit like Gary Player, the more I practice, the luckier I get. The kinder one is, the kinder people are back to you.
1: everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lusting bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson we are up early on a saturday but late where my guest is simon ride welcome to the show thank you jesse so we just talked for a little bit. you're having wonderful fall weather today
0: where are uh, you calling from seville spain i'm just traveling with my wife for two months in europe normally we're based in oxford england
1: very nice i don't know if i've had a guest call me from spain before so i this is a box checked off for me thank you (laughs) well tell me a little bit about yourself
0: well i'm 60 years old uh been married to the same woman 35 years Alison. four children uh, Three of the four have all seen Bruce. And my older son, I think Bruce, I wouldn't say changed his life, but it had a big impact. And I've been to 10 concerts with him from the States to Europe. Uh, I'm a, I worked in finance, accountancy, and just like Bruce's show uh, in Broadway, he says it's ironic that here he is writing about escape life and life's experiences from someone who never worked in a factory, et cetera. And I can guess. I have similar sympathies I mean middle class background although from a quite a rough neighborhood of London became a CPA chartered accountant in English and I've been run working finance property company for my whole married life uh, for on on my own behalf and with my wife so a lot of freedom which allowed me to travel around the states a lot to see Bruce and Europe as I've said Uh, and his music always had a special place sort of uh, I could relate to it, despite, as I said, never having really struggled in life from a young age.
1: Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, please tell your lovely bride to join us any time. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, hey there. You want to tell us about you too? You want to give us your um, elevator pitch?
0: Alison? I'll, I'll let Simon talk about Bruce, Bruce's place in our life. But um, it was a, one of our very first dates um but he took me to a bruce concert in in Wembley totally. stadium in london was it born to run or born in the usa born, the USA born in the usa born in the usa and yeah tour. i yeah but bruce has been with us all the way
1: <laughs> so what i what i'm guessing is he's like letting you know right from the beginning Bruce will be a member of this marriage we need you to know one way or another if you're going to be okay with this
0: yeah, are, I think so there think are so. fans who are more addicted and my only regret not in life uh, main regret about Bruce is I haven't seen him more often you know, yeah have been t- two dozen times and I have to say it really you know we we've, we've traveled a lot and had wonderful experiences but it is certainly one of the highlights of my life being in the pit at every Bruce Springsteen concert. It's something quite special.
1: Yeah. um, You know, Simon, I I told the story multiple times. I had a guest on that um, saw him very early, like during that same tour where um, John Landau said, oh, you know, I've seen the future of rock and roll. So he wasn't at that show, but he was at a show in that similar time period. And, He tells the story. He looks over at his date at the time and says, you know, we will be talking about this, you know, all our lives. This this guy is going to be something amazing. And as he was telling me the story, he says, you know what? I'm so regretful that I didn't see him earlier, that there were all these college shows I could have seen. And I would that shows that whether you see Bruce the first time in 2012 or. 1976 you want to have seen more right yeah. you're always whether you've seen him 10 times or 100 times it's always i want more and more i'm greedy um right. so talk, you talked about growing up in a rough part of london talk me a little bit growing up what kind of music did your family listen to uh what was it a musical household
0: definitely not a musical household And uh, there's an English comic opera duo called Gilbert and Sullivan, not Gilbert O'Sullivan, from the late 19th century. And beyond a little bit of my father playing that, I'd sadly say there was no real music in the house. None. Okay. Uh, My father, he was a doctor. He worked hard on the national health system. And... There wasn't much money. I mean, Holidays was a trailer van in England. Didn't go abroad, didn't eat out at all. Uh, but a very you know, loving family, no problems at all. And I went to a private school, which was unusual in England, because the local state school was so bad that the headmaster actually said to my father, if you want your son to read and write, don't send him here. And that was when I was three years old in 1964. So they scrimped and saved. I went to a local, it's called a prep school, a private school. Sure. But no real music
1: Okay, because uh, the only reason I know about Gilbert and Sullivan Is because of um, Aaron Sorkin references Like, oh. you know, there's a scene in West Wing Where they talk about that And uh, and then also on um, Studio 60 So, yeah, that's that's a, a, a genre that I have woefully unaware of um, so, when you became a teenager, what kind of music did you listen to?
0: Well, I went to a very unusual boarding school. Okay. I uh, got, got a scholarship there, and they were very sophisticated in their musical taste. I mean, I first heard Bruce 1975, 76. I was 14, 15. But at the same time, we were playing, playing Jackson Brown, Bob Dylan. And this is an English, remember, an English. Boarding school. Uh, I always liked Leonard Cohen, Van Morrison, oh, but nice. a lot. You know, Van Morrison has also very been important for Alison and I. Love his music. Yeah. Lousy in concert. Lousy in concert, but but like live music. And I, I I think the message and the energy and passion of life was always oh. Bruce. Okay. And I first Good. heard him. Yeah, seventy. I think seventy six. I can always remember at seventeen, a guy pulling me into the music school said, "You must hear this." And he played the whole uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town album, in same shape when it came out. Yeah. Uh, I can remember that vividly. But I would have been playing Born to Run and uh, Wildly Innocent. Uh, so, yeah, from quite an early age, I guess, for, for so an Sim- English.
1: Yeah. So, Simon, can you articulate what about him and his music spoke to you?
0: I, I'd say- I've done a lot of sport in my life and okay. I've always been I'd say, quite an energetic person. And there was something that I found the immediacy, the urgency, the need to escape, to travel, to discover in Bruce's music that I could relate to. I mean, I even at the age of the day, I mean, I one story from, if you, you obviously know, the Agora album, uh, when it's introduced by the radio commentator, and he talks about Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, Louis, uh, Chicago, you know, I, I, at 14, I was going to go on walking holidays on my own. I hitched around America uh, when I was 19, just before I saw the first Bruce concert. I first saw him the night John Lennon was shot in uh, the Spectrum, Philadelphia. But the music always, for every reason, it called me. It told me, get out there, travel. Uh, I think I would have done it anyway. But I, yeah, so I, I've hitched all over the South America, North America, Europe. And I guess that started right similar time to hearing Bruce.
1: What talk to me a little bit about this hitchhiking and traveling? That's something I've never done. I'm, you know, I'm a very conservative, grew up in a very, um, you know, lower middle class household. My dad was in the military till he retired, then he, he worked for the Sears. As a washer and dryer repair guy, my mom normally did not work outside the home. Uh, We were very, just music was a big part of our life, but I never had that adventure of getting out on the road and going. I I was always, so talk to me a little bit about what drove you and and if you have, I'm sure you have at least a couple of stories about your misadventures on the road
0: there's something very liberating about hitchhiking. And it didn't come from my parents. I, my pet, my mum has told me stories that I obviously don't recall. When I was three, I would, I let let myself out of the house and walked to a local railway station, sat on the platform waiting for my auntie to turn up. Because I overheard my mum saying my auntie was coming to visit. And it was only because the the platform controller was my dad's patient that he recognised me and phoned my dad up and said, your son's on the platform. Uh, that was at three, and I. Me and my mum tells me that. I have always travelled. From six, I used to go up to London on my own, and i take my sister up, and a very silly, funny side story was, it was a very hot day, and I don't remember, my sister does, a very hot day. Somehow, I got some sanitary towels, soaked them, and wrapped them around our forehead to keep cool. So, and this is when I was eight, and my sister was six. I've always, I don't know, gone to museums, I hitched coast to coast across America before I saw Springsteen. I'm, uh, I encourage my older son, who talking about your father, uh, he is now a current officer in the British Army.
1: Yeah,
0: he hitched to Ireland to see Springsteen, and he came back a different person. Uh, he so I, back confident. I,
1: yeah, I know. I can imagine that. I just, I, how old were you when you went to the U.S. for the first time to kind of? Uh you know, I'm thinking of Paul Simon out for America. 19. 19.
0: I hitched. I can I can I I, I can still remember the route roughly, by hitched to LA. Uh, and then on the way back, I I'll name him. Um, I mean, if you ever hears, is I think he's still a boss fan. Yeah. Craig Levin, Craig Levin gave me a lift from Yellowstone National Park back to New Jersey. We became friends for about, about 10 years, and he is the guy who both played the Agora live in his car while we were driving back and took me that December. I went over again. I met a girl and I flew to New Jersey where he lived. He drove me down to the Spectrum. We went to the concert on a snowy December night and I hitched, after the concert to St. Louis, Missouri, 30 hours nonstop in the snow. Wow. I I loved it.
1: That is a little bit crazy and a little bit brilliant.
0: But when you do it like anything in life, and I think about Bruce's music, when you do something, just do it. I, I don't overanalyze. I've never overanalyzed. I know, I guess Bruce has thought a lot more maybe no. than I do about life. I've been very fortunate. Good things have happened. And I, I run a charity. I do a lot of tragedy And I always find the more, the better, a bit like Gary Player, the more I practice, the luckier I get. Yeah. The kinder one is the kinder people are back to you.
1: What um, have you thought about? And maybe I'm overanalyzing this, but your career is a very precise, um, you know, uh, you know, job. You are. I mean, there are like I made a joke once that with back when you used to balance a checkbook, right? Before you didn't have online, you know, when when I reconciled my checkbook, if I got within ten bucks, I'm like, good that's good. I'm, you know, here's my new balance, go forward. And, uh, you know, I had a good friend who, uh, she still works in accounts receivable and she's like, and my mom, she'll spend, you know, four hours finding the eight cents difference of, you know, so how do you, why do you think there's such a different balance? Is it because you've got your work hat on and you know, I need to be detail oriented. And then when you take your work off, you're like, let's be spontaneous and crazy.
0: Uh, I say, Jesse, in my work, I, I play big picture stuff. Okay. So, I mean, I, I run a property company. It allows us to be on the road now for two months. Yeah. I've always been very loyal to friends and vice versa. So there are people in England who I totally rely on. And I'm talking about working with them for 30 years. So there's total trust. So it allows me to escape. Okay. I have never overworked. I, I was with a big corporate at the beginning. Uh, it's so old, Pricewaterhouse in the 80s. I lived in Australia. Yeah. We went to Australia in the 80s when my wife and I, when we met. Uh, uh, nearly migrated there. I just did big picture stuff. So an example in America, you know, simple one. Uh, 30 years ago, interest rates are 14%. Yeah. they can only go down. In America, you've had a 30-year bond rally. It's come to an end. That's a big picture thing. Once I made that mind up, direction of travel was easy. So it meant I could always travel. I had four kids. I was always around them. Uh, I've Yeah, I, nearly every d- January I've gone back to Australia on my own for two and a half weeks, staying with friends, swimming on Bondi Beach, but big picture. stuff. So I've been very privileged to be at home to listen to Bruce describe being in Thunder Road in Agora goes, you know, I flew out to Salt Lake City, Utah with Steve and a couple of friends and then we hired a big old Ford and drove to Reno. And I'm thinking, shit. I hitched from Reno to Salt Lake City. Got stuck in Elko for three years. So I remind myself, you know, of these stories. I think, wow, I've done that. How lucky I am because I I live very much in the present. I, I forget okay. to, yeah, it for grant to what I've done.
1: All right, so Simon, you 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 talked about you've shared that you've seen uh, Bruce, and I, I always like to preface this. Um, The amount of times you've seen Bruce perform is not a good barometer of how big of a fan you are, depending on where you live, depending on your economic situation, depending on your age. There could be people that have seen him hundreds of times. There have been people who've seen him once or never that are still massive fans. So you've said uh, roughly a couple of dozen times, um, and that first one was during that first trip uh in the us talk about some of the other shows give me some highlights give me some stories take your time
0: so i actually wrote to bruce saying how each major landmark of my life i think there was a concert involved so oh uh, tell
1: me a little bit more about that that's interesting
0: i mean I, I saw him before he was very big in england in 82 he played in manchester we went three nights on the, in the Manchester. It was a c- cinema. We were, I got photos on an album of Clarence playing from I was maybe six meters from him, if that. You know, just just where it was a stage, and you're sitting off the stage. You know, it wasn't a stadium like that yeah. concerts. Then, as Alison said, I met my wife in '85. Love. I knew I was going to marry her the first time we went out, and it was all agreed within the week. Uh, and we went to a Bruce concert at Wembley Stadium. Uh, then, bit. Big connecting with my eldest son Ben, who I said he's an officer in the British Army. We, we we've driven around. We we flew to Washington and we went to concerts on the Wrecking Ball tour in Pittsburgh, Raleigh. I've been uh, to with Alison again to the MetLife Stadium when uh, so when it was called the Giant Stadium. I went twice in the 2012 tour. Uh, uh-huh. One of my favourite songs, Living on the Edge of the World, when he opened the concert to that, it was like being punched in the stomach, the sheer energy when he starts that concert of, you know, this is for Jersey, they, you know, they know this song. Uh-huh. So that, uh, Ireland, my son hitched to Ireland, I was sick so I couldn't go with him, I flew over and joined him. And as I said, he came back a different person. Applied, he applied for Sandhurst, which is the British West Point and is now a captain working with NATO in Eastern Europe.
1: Oh, I know you must be proud.
0: Very. He's done Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle. It's called Public Duty, Changing of the Guard, leading that. And Bruce really did bring us together because he struggled. He was a bit depressed for a bit. And we went to Paris to see him twice. And he loved the music and... As I said, I told him go and hitch to Ireland to see him. He we went to four concerts in about eight days in Ireland, and I joined him at the end, and he was a different person, just from that alone. So yeah, my wife, Ben, my daughter, who, my lives, kids are all over the place. She lives in Singapore right now. We went to Dublin to see him in about 2015. I knew that was gonna be one of the last things I could do with her in person, one-on-one. Uh, she's now married, lovely guy, and they live in Singapore. So okay. yeah, he kept coming up at these key key dates.
1: Um, are um, you mentioned three out of the four children have seen Bruce. Yeah. What is the other one too young or just no. has no
0: interest? No, neither. He actually he's here in Spain with us. Yeah. And he said that I hope I could see him with you. I'm the only one who that's why oh. I came to mind. I thought he had seen him. He, they all know the music. I played it in the car, all the live yeah. concerts, over and over and over again. There, he said, I just haven't seen it with you. Uh, they all like the soft rock music. You know, they like Jackson Brown. Sure. Uh, Dylan. It just didn't happen with him. Uh, I'm sure he'd enjoy it. I, I hope Bruce does another tour. I'll take him.
1: Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts about Letter to You and Western Stars?
0: Uh I have to say, the, the later Bruce stuff, I see where he's going, but I still, I, I think, drift towards the passion. My passion is the earliest music, to be honest. I can <laughs> still play, like, now. I played it today, Backstreet. So when I hear the line, Terry, you'd, you know, you'd swore with me forever. I still relate to that. His later things, some of his songs, they're good. And, you know, they're more introspective and his analysis of life. And I, I like that, but I, I, I guess I still have that older spark in me. Where I don't—how do I put it? I'm not say looking for the magic because life has been magical, but I think it's what—well, what I—I think you know I actually relate to uh, mm-hmm. more than the more recent albums. I'd say, in all honesty. Okay.
1: Good. Uh, did you um, did you care for the Western stars film?
0: Uh. L- Not too much. Okay, Not that's much. fine. I, mean, I, I, I would say up to about 2014, I mean, we're very one thing that's grown. I mean, obviously, it's a real diehard Bruce fan, but we classical music, as I've got older, I'm 60, has yeah. become a more and more important part. I mean, we, we're very involved with an orchestra. And we okay. actually travel with a classical orchestra and we go to concerts. Uh, I'd say re- Wrecking Ball. I, I've become the dinosaur. I've frozen in time probably about 2015. Okay. 2014. Okay. Uh, and my progression after that is probably very, I have to say, is it, it, limited. Uh, I, I hark back and, as I say, I'm, uh, classical music, Beethoven has become a real passion of mine. Uh, okay. Sonatas, but that's an aside. Uh, but, yeah, it was, I'd say, Bruce got me to this point, and maybe less of a diehard fan than I was, but the, the link with the kids and if you came on to, I'd certainly be there. Yeah. 8 yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I, I think there's no, uh, there's no right answer, right? Like for me, mm-hmm. uh, because of the context of when letter to you came out, the, mm-hmm. the political strife here in America, actually everywhere in the world, but the pandemic and everything, all of a sudden there's this new Springsteen album uh, just is, plays a special part in my heart. Um, so, um, go ahead. I'm a,
0: I'm, a, I'm a real economic pessimist. And okay. while Springsteen you know, talks about the hope and you know the American dream, I'm sorry to say, I, I think it's come and gone. I mean, America is a nation that has $27 trillion of debt in in 400 years from when the Pilgrim Brothers first landed, they have uh, developed and exploited a a whole continent, 400 years, which in the course of human history is nothing. And I'm very, my kids know I'm a bit miserable like that, but I'm very concerned for the whole future of mankind because I don't think we're able to make what I see as the real sacrifices necessary if we're going to address the issues Bruce talk and society talks about.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Okay. It's not about electric cars. That's that's just a feeble cop out. It's about consumption. We, uh-huh. I really believe, we terribly over consume as a society. In my world, if I'm not saying CO two gases are the cause of global warming, but if they are, going electric is a red herring. It's about the first world consumption needs to fall in half, and our living standards have to collapse. So that's my yeah. current being the bonnet. I'd say.
1: Okay. Very nice um did um what can you list what would be if you were telling people your favorite places to see Bruce? is it is is it easy for you to kind of say oh i love seeing him in spain or i love seeing him in jersey or something like is there some favorite places for you
0: i mean jersey is obviously great uh yeah i have to say the Irish are very, very keen on him. So going to Ireland for a concert, and I've been very—I only had one bad concert weather-wise, and that was uh, 2012 uh, at the Giant State at the MetLife Stadium. That's the only time it got delayed and delayed. I thought they're going to call it off, and it started okay. at half half ten. But Ireland is great. I don't think Britain's—it's not bad. You get your die-hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, Brit, Brits are very keen fans. I think maybe easier to queue up in a warmer climate. Uh, Paris was a good concert at Bercy, Uh, that was a very good concert, probably favourite I'd say Cork and yeah, Ireland and Jersey Mm
1: -hmm. Okay Yeah, good Um, When when he when he tours in 2022 which we all hope he's going to do um, you know Blogness on the Edge of Town uh, Peter Ch- Chianca just did a a a uh, poll, so just I'm kind of asking the same questions. What kind of show do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be a career retrospective, more of a greatest hits, a lot of letter to you? What what is your feeling? You think he's going to do?
0: Given the nature of his you know sort of work on Broadway and what he's saying. I, I'm assuming this will be the final tour it would be, a, you know, could be Greatest Hits or Retrospective. You could say that there's a big overlap between the two, you know, Retrospective right. and Greatest Hits. I assumed it was going to, I've always assumed there'd only be one more tour, more limited. Uh, my wife's already said if he does a tour in America, just go over there and follow him around. And yeah, I would.
1: yeah, okay, very nice. Um. Are there songs you're still looking for? Are there songs, Simon, that you haven't heard him perform live, but you still wish you could?
0: I mean, look, look, there's a few songs that everyone loves, and I I have played thousands of times, and I would play thousands of times more. He could spend four hours playing Jungle Land over and over and over again, and I would never tire of it. The yeah. whole, the, 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 the it, it, it's just a fantastic mini opera. It's the most incredible song. And I, I think a man at 24, 25 writing, a 10-minute operetta that t- takes you, know, you can just imagine the opening scenes. I, you know, I can I can feel Magic Rat and his car and the girl sitting on the hood of the dodge. It's all there. And I I, I never tire of that. I never tire of Backstreet. Sadly, these are the older stuff. But they still, they, they mean a lot to me, and I picture it. And in my more positive moments, I mean, I I've encouraged my kids to hitch, and I you know we, tr- we we've done even now. I've, I I have been all over the world. I've crossed the Andes. I I, I run a charity in India. I've been in Tibet and China, off off radar. And I just find the energy and the passion and the drive of his music still relates to me. So it has to be I. I think of Thunder Road as, I mean, Born to Run was the album, I think, where he engaged, engaged with his audience. That was when it really started. The first two albums, oh, I, I love The Wild, The Innocent, but I don't think there was that engagement with the with the, with his uh, fans. So, you know, Thunder Road is the opening of a journey and it's gone from then on. You know, back backstreets, jungle land, uh darkness on the edge of town uh racing in the street they're sort of my I guess my favorites and never tire of them
1: do is there any place you haven't gone that you want to because it sounds like you've traveled pretty extensive
0: I well secret I shouldn't say too much I I this has been a bad year for me I had stomach cancer I had a major um. I had a major operation six months ago. I'm virtually, I'm fine, I'm swimming 2K. I think I've dodged a bullet. But when I was in hospital thinking, is this it? And I thought, I had no regrets. And I couldn't think of anywhere I haven't, I didn't, uh, yeah. I, 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 must go somewhere. I mean, really, I've traveled very extensively. I worked out about 53 countries, but I've just been popping in. You know, I've been to Australia for two years. I've probably spent a year in the States. I've hitched in South America when I was 21. I've through Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, you know, so a lot, very little. If my day was up tomorrow, my wife says, oh, shut up, you're too morbid. If it was over tomorrow, I'd be bloody lucky. I was white Western male at the right time. What else can I say?
1: So, Simon, um, I'm glad to hear you're doing better. Uh, Did the, was there a tumor in your stomach and they have to take it out?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: exactly. Did you have to have gastric bypass?
0: uh what what's the gastric yeah they, they've cut out a chunk and basically so yeah. i thankfully haven't had to have a bag outside so no okay okay uh, they, they did uh keyhole surgery and i'll know next april you know where they they do further monitoring you know i've had blood tests and they just see whether it's gone
1: yeah the so reason I-, I ask is in uh in march i was very very um tired all the time and very anemic and i ended up going into the doctor and they said you have a tumor in your stomach we're worried that it is cancer and we need to take it out and because of the size of the tumor where it was located i they ended up having to take out part of my stomach and intense and actually do a gastric bypass so i went from you know uh 350 pounds I'm down down to about 280 uh you know and my stomach is now the size of an easter egg so I've had to change all my eating habits I've had to change wow. everything
0: that's interesting because the key result of this I eat probably 60 percent of what I used to eat I mean yeah. in my younger day I mean when I was 37 I did the Ironman triathlon yes you know, so I'm doing long distance endurance of I used to crew quite seriously. Yeah. But now you know I, I I swam I'm swimming 2K quite happily and I'm running. Yeah. So yeah. Did
1: you do uh, Kona? Did you do the Iron Man and Kona?
0: No, yeah, believe it or not, were, when I did it, I did it in England, it was the only one that existed at the time. Oh it okay. was, yeah. No, no, not a very glamorous setting, but that you was know, an example of just getting on with it. I heard of it, I never knew what an Ironman Man was in April 98, I heard of it. Uh, and so, yeah, 98, and we were, again, my year's wrong, So 97. And I knew, my wife just got pregnant, and then they're going to be twins. I thought, I'm going to do an Ironman. So I just trained for five months, no assistance, and did it. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh,
1: my wife has done a couple of half Ironmans. Oh, wow. And uh, she tried to do a full one, had a really good swim, a good bike. And then it was, she was doing it in Florida and it was in seasonably warm and she just got into the run in the middle. She just, you know, in fact, she ended up, you know, having to go in the ambulance post the, the, you know, to go to the doctor, uh, you know, getting fluids, getting her through. So, um, I know how hard that is. That's, that's an accomplishment.
0: The only way not to finish, I'd say, out in an ambulance. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's what I, I, in fact, um. I, I have a picture of her, um, her two wrists next to each other, and one has her medical bracelet, the other has her race, you know, band, and yeah. uh, we got her a little plastic ambulance that we put yeah. on her desk wow. as kind of her finishing trophy. So good,
0: credit going that far. It's very good. It very is. is, yeah. That's yeah. what
1: we do. and I told her, you know, we talked a lot about it's the journey. I, you know, I like I believe better days. his song is all about you know focusing on the here and now enjoying life as it gives you and not dwelling on well later I'll be happy let's be happy now with what you're doing so I think she enjoyed the training and the journey and yes while she was disappointed she also you know accepts the fact that you know it wasn't to be and that's
0: okay so well good um you said it life is a journey I mean yeah Enjoy the journey. I mean, what's the goal? The end of it is we, we all end up in the same box together.
1: Absolutely. Um, other stories that you want to share? You mentioned a little bit before we started recording. Um, when you put on your um, you know, kind of political theory cap, there there's a lot of things about Bruce's music that you yeah. think speak to that. You want to share a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I. I We live in Oxford, I know lots of social historians, and it's not for me to, I guess, analyze how much history I know, but I've certainly read a lot of economic and social history. So in relation to post-war, the States, I mean, England's a mess, but the States, where I imagine most of your audience are, uh, I as a kid could watch Happy Days. You remember the Fonz, and this was a golden era. Yeah, uh, you know, post-war America in the war was never bombed on the mainland, and it grew and it basically took over the realms from Europe as the world superpower. And happy days personified the blue-collar worker. And Springsteen grows up in this era, and he talks about his father not getting regular work and the you know, uh the anger of his father, and the depression, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then, you know, I'm I'm 60, so 10 years younger, 11 years younger than Bruce. But in the late 70s, I first hitched around in the States. I I, I was in Cleveland, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Kansas City. I went through Texas, LA, go right then upstate California, then hitching east again. And then you could already see, you know, places like Cleveland. I I thought I could already see, I guess I was observant economically, in the beginning of decline in industry. People were already talking about, the growing market of Japan. In the 80s was Japan's decade. I qualified as a CPA, went to America, and the last 25 years, and you can hear it, and I think it sums that up perfectly, on the Agora introduction, is this is a radio concert being broadcast over American radio networks throughout the industrial heart of America. And Bruce talks about it in so many of his songs, and that heart is gone. And the inequality of America, the, uh, the movement of people to the south, whether Florida, Texas, the decline of the tax base, the growth of debt debt, debt as a nation, I think rings enormous alarm bells, which for all the talk of the left wanting to handle, other than Bernie Sanders, the mainstream Democrats, even Obama, lovely guy, just weren't willing to deal with it because the American people are not willing, neither the British or Europeans, to deal with this, I think brutal reality that's hitting us smack on. I mean, yeah. in some.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that in a lot of ways, um, as a society and as individuals, um, you know, we worry about the problem, but we we don't want to sacrifice necessarily, you know, the things you need to do because I don't want my life to be inconvenient. Correct. Right. Like, yeah. So I, I totally get that.
0: Um, I can tell you the other side of that. I mean, I, please. yeah. I, I have, done, I mean, I have done well financially. Yeah. We, we, we support, and I've been supporting for four, four years now, I think uh, a whole slum in India. I pay for everything, food, education. I'm in regular touch with them. And we have someone who does the number crunching. There are millions, hundreds of millions of Indians, who will live on, we're on Zoom together, who have a house with their husband or wife and two kids, half the size of your living area. They'll have one one light bulb. And the women, often the men are drink, they're violent. We, We run education programs and job training for the women so they can earn five, what's that, in dollars, $8 a day and they suddenly wow. have; they can have control of their life. That they get the money, they can buy food and feed their kids. And there are people some escape that, most don't. And I've always just felt very privileged. And so we, we, you know, we've done work there. I've done, I said in rural China, uh, we've been funding operations for scoliosis, uh, spinal deformities for po- uh, for the poorest of Tibetan children. And I every. Day, I mean, that's probably I, my wife's legacy as well. I just feel how lucky and privileged we've been, being white and Western and having lived in this era of basically easy employment, st- economic stability, and growth.
1: Yeah, well said, my friend. Well said. Um, any other thoughts you want to share before we get to the Mary question?
0: Uh, uh, not really. I, I mean, you know, I've heard. Bruce on Broadway and his blog with Obama and it's very pertinent about the relationship side they talk about their fathers and relationships but the one thing that would worry me still is yeah they're both now extremely rich people and America has this enormous divide and my concern for America as a country is how you bridge the divide when even Democrats talk about yeah we, we we want a fiscal stimulus or raise more money but no one really takes it seriously. Okay, we put up tax by 4p in the pound. People forget what taxes were like in the 70s. They were way, way higher. And, I'm, you know, I, I'd be paying a lot more tax, but if you're serious about these issues of inequality, you don't address them by tink around with the status quo. And that's the only thing that hearing Bruce and Obama, you know, it wasn't about finance really, but it's comfortable to talk about these demons that you have and these nightmares and these fears and your concerns when you are very sheltered from the front line of what is happening out there. And it is happening. Yeah. That, that is probably my biggest passion. So, I, you know, I'm one area right wing, but I'm quite left wing in those areas. Uh, you know, I know in America, it doesn't have a big audience really. It's growing. Right. And I think if things get very bad, it will grow more. People will vote when they have to for, for the things that today they avoid.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I do think so. And I do think that it's, it's uh, a lot of the um, laws going into effect, like here in Texas and other states, that, that seem to be, um, on the surface, they say it's because they're worried about voter fraud. But when you dig up in deeper, it's to make it harder for certain people to vote. And it's, it's, it's very disturbing for me as uh, someone who leans to be more on the left and um, understanding that, you know, we go back to some of Bruce's early thoughts, you know, no one wins unless everyone wins. Yeah. And, and yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, fascinating stuff, Simon. I, I really appreciate it. Um, all right if you are a friend of simon's and you're listening to this thank you um i end every show with the Merry question and what the Merry question is jay armstrong who is an honors english teacher in the philadelphia area uh would uh he recently retired has a book coming out he's going to be on the show in a few weeks uh he would spend two days with his honors english class discussing the poem thunder road talk about the imagery the lyrics uh everything about the song and then at the end of it he would ask the question does mary get in the car simon that is your question does mary get in the car
0: i always just assume she did she had to okay otherwise, otherwise the rest of the story wouldn't happen we wouldn't be on the back streets and we wouldn't even get to jungle land without mary getting into the car the journey starts with the car
1: very nice very good if someone wants to reach you how can they are you uh, on any social media or? No, I,
0: this is, I, mean, I, I said my wife put me on the Zoom. I've always avoided social media. other okay. than email. Uh, I use email.
1: Okay. Uh, well, then I won't want to give out your personal email. So very nice. I don't
0: mind. I'm assuming if it's just about Bruce, you can give it out. I, I don't okay. mind. But, All right. Yeah, All
1: I've right. I will include that then. Um, Sam, this is great. Uh, when do you go back home?
0: Uh, two more weeks. We've we okay. got another son teaching English in northern Spain. We're driving through San Sebastián to see him on the way back to England. <laughs>
1: Very nice. Good. Well, continued safe travels. Um, fascinating conversation. I, I really appreciate your passion and your sharing about your thoughts and your journey and just, you know, continued blessings on you and your family.
0: That's Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show and all the best to you.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> listeners, please go get vaccinated. Um, let's continue to wear our masks. Let's continue to be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Simon. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Seth Listing Bruce has a Patreon page where you can offer to donate anything from a dollar a month up to whatever amount you want thanks to the wonderful people who support the podcast through patreon i'm able to cover the cost of the zoom recordings and the hosting of the podcast putting it out things like that so thank you to holly mac Steve Rogers, Dale Hosack, Terry Smith, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, Mary Thomas, Alex Samolta, Andrew Goddard, Betsy Hodges, Levi Petrie, Stephen Malio. Each of you are my Springsteen siblings. You are my angels and I appreciate you so much. Thank you for all your support and love.